0: even that, I'm going to let them do that, and I'm just going to share something with you, and I just kind of had this on my heart, uh, I had a pastor in my office today, and uh, a couple months, probably a month ago or so, he had a brain aneurysm, and some things began to happen in his body, and he said that on the way to the emergency room in the ambulance, he, he could sense his, his spirit leaving his body you guys realize that there's nothing weird about that, that when we die on this earth, this thing right here is just my earth suit. We bury that, we cremate that, but our spirit, our real me goes to heaven. And so, this pastor sharing this with me, that he said, I, I sense that I'm, I'm leaving this earth. And he said, Pastor, you wouldn't believe, he said, I, I've never experienced the love of God to this degree. I sense the love of God And he said, you know, at times in services when you just really sense the presence of God, you get those Holy Ghost goosebumps on you. He said, it was like a thousand times of that. And I got real blessed when he was sharing this with me and the Lord spoke to his heart and he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to leave it up to you. You can come on to heaven or you can stay on earth and he told the Lord, he said, I'm not, I'm not done yet here on earth. I still got kids and grandkids, and so he's still here. But in saying that, he said, you know, he said, my, my view of death is totally different now. And, and I got real tickled because the family had called me, and, and I was able to go into the emergency room. And you know, he said to me, he said, I don't remember anything from the time I got to the hospital until I woke up in the room except one thing. And I said, what was that? And he said, I heard you praying the whole time. He said it was like your prayers were just covering me. And I said, Thank God. Thank God our prayers. And so I say that to say this. That just a week or so ago I was talking to Matt Robinson and he, he meant he encouraged me. Just as far as he started he started fasting. And not that he wasn't fasting, but how many of you have ever fasted and just kind of gone through the motion? I've done that where I you know, I fasted and said, Hey, i didn't eat today, but... Well, I begin to fast and pray again this week, guys. I mean, just the, the, what we call the sunrise, the sunset fast. Just through the day. Oh my gosh, because you're talking about rich. Ah, it blessed me so much that my prayers have been so much... I'm so much aware of the spirit realm. And so, what I'm fasting and praying about, guys, and I got real precise these last few days in my prayers. Number one... That God reigns on our land. That God reigns on our land. And so I begin to speak to the ocean. I begin to speak to the gulf. I begin to speak to the wind currents. And you know what I said? I don't care what run run for cover Ron Roberts says. I'm not moved by the meteorologist. That my God is the God who created the ocean. And so I said, Father God, you begin to move that in here. And I'm telling you, day after day, man. I said, Father God, I'm, I'm fasting and praying for this. I got tickled when they said today there is a, a hurricane that is forming in the Gulf right now, and I spoke to that, and I said, in the name of Jesus, the name. That's the first thing. The second thing is, guys, that you know, through the scriptures, when it talks about at times things in the spirit realm only come out by prayer and fasting. Well, I believe this, guys. For for some to be set free to walk in freedom to see the captives set free and the yokes of bondage broken, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take some prayer and some fasting. And so that's how serious I am about this. And I'm telling you guys, get ready, get ready, get ready. Now, I'm telling you that, you jump in here with me. And if you're believing God for some certain things, just begin to fast and pray, even if it's four meals. And I know we do this every year to start the year as a church, but who said we only have to do it at the start of the year? And so, man, let's jump in there, okay? Well, that's free. That's just a side note. Maybe it blessed you, maybe it didn't. But there you got it. Okay, if you need a Bible tonight, I don't know if they've given you one. If you've got, got your Bible, go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. If you need one, raise your hand up real high. Get it a, Yeah, and you've got to see the Word of God. You've got to see the Word of God. And as we're turning to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, you know, the Scriptures talk about that we, we walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But many times we have that just backwards. We think that if we conquer the flesh, then we'll start walking in the Spirit. But he said walk in the Spirit and therefore you won't fulfill the, the lust of the compulsions of the flesh. And so when I look at that verse... It's like the Lord is saying to me, just, just let the Holy Spirit, let my grace, let that empowering come on the inside of me. You know, the scriptures say it's not by might nor by, by, by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. And so, man, we've got to let God work on the inside of us. Let Him change us. Now, here we are. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, your solid trust in the Lord Jesus and your love or your outpoint of love for all the saints. Man, that's, that's good stuff, guys, right there. Man, we as saints, we ought to be the most loving folk there are. Verse 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And so God right here talks about that, that we need to receive wisdom and knowledge. And when you talk about wisdom and knowledge, it's practical, workable practices. That's why wisdom and knowledge, it teaches us practical things to do. And if you'll notice in here, He says at the very end, that He may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So he wants us to receive the things that he has for us. God has that for every one of us, but I must hook up to that. Verse 18. Now this is a good prayer to pray over yourself. That the eyes of your understanding are being lightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And so he says two things there. Number one, that he wants you to know and he wants you to understand. What am I to know and understand? Well, if you look there, he says that as saints, we have an inheritance and we have some, some riches. Every one of us, if we're a saint, God wants to bless us. Did you know you had some inheritance? That you got some riches? And where are they from? Look at the last part there. He says that that his inheritance in the saints. And so it's from Father God. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? One translation says the immeasurable, the unlimited the surplus or surpassing greatness of his power toward us. Toward us what? Who believe. Who believe, who believe, who believe. Now notice there it doesn't say to us who try. It says to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. To the working of His mighty power. And so when I look at this, a lot of times our thought is, well, I'm trying, Lord. I feel like this and I feel like that and I feel like this. And what ends up happening is when we try, we, we try to do something that I can't do anything about. And I don't know about you, but in my own life, I tried to be good, but I acted bad. Now i say that again, I tried to be good but I acted bad and then the devil would start telling me how bad I was and you know what, I would begin to whine the blues to God and I'd say, oh but God, I'm trying. I'm trying. I think a lot of times when we whine, I, I think God just looks down at us and thinks, that's just pitiful. Oh God, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I remember there was one day in my life I finally said to God, I'm going to quit trying. I'm just going to quit trying. And you know what I feel like the Lord said to me? Good. Maybe now we can accomplish something. Because when I get over and I keep trying to do everything, that's out of my own abilities. And so the key to that verse right there is he said, toward us who believe. Toward us who believe. And so when I get over there and I start believing God, you know what that's saying? God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you right now. I'm trusting you. And when I get over and trust God and start letting him work on the inside of me, man, God begins to bless. He begins to change me. Now go back to the the last part of the Bible there in 1 Peter 5. Right after um, Hebrews and James and then you'll hit 1 Peter 5. We've talked a little bit about this passage before. We're going to go back and we're going to go a little bit farther tonight. Now get ready, you're fixing to get blessed here. Fixing to, to, to get taught the, the New Testament, the Word of God. First Peter 5, verse 6, the last part of, I, let's start in verse 5, the last part of verse 5. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now you know what the humble are? The humble are the one that can come before God and say, God, I'm a mess. My life is messed up. I ask you to come in and help me. And so he said he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself, demote yourself, lower yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? Now get this, get this. That he may exalt you. That he may exalt Look, if you notice here, it doesn't say that you may exalt yourself. He says that he may exalt you. And when is he going to exalt you? In due season or due time. When is that? Well, it's the right time. God knows what's best for us. God knows that if, if I do stuff before you're ready, they mess folk up. And so God's got the right time to do time. Verse 7. Casting your most difficult care upon Him. It's not what it says. It says casting all your care upon Him. Now listen what the word care means. Casting all your distractions. casting all your anxieties, your burdens and your worries upon him. And if I just begin to do that, and, and I look at it this way, when I think about casting, it's like casting your, your, your fishing line with a rod. And I think at times if we would just get that that we bait our hook, and you know what we bait it with? our worries. Our anxieties, our cares, and we say, okay, here you go, Father God. If you want them, I'm going to let you have them. Now, I don't believe the Scripture would tell us to put them upon Father God if he wasn't able to handle it. I believe God can handle it, and he wants us to happen. So right here, when you look at verse 7, this is God's part. What's God's part? That we're to cast our care upon him, for he cares upon us. What's you and me's part? Look at verse 8. Be sober. You know what the word sober there means? Self-control. Be self-controlled. You know, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit that's talked about in Galatians 5. And so one of our jobs in this partnership is I'm to be disciplined. I'm to live a life under self-control. Now, I'm going to tell you, God will grace you in that area. Second of all, he says, be vigilant, watchful, or alert. Why am I supposed to be this? Because your adversary, some of you didn't know you had an adversary, and who is it? The devil. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, seeking whom he may seize upon. Now guys, the devil isn't what Hollywood portrays him. He's not a little guy that runs around with a pitchfork poking people in the rear end. That's not who he is. The devil wants to seize upon you. He wants to devour us. So right here, Father God says, this is your part. This is your part. Now I think in terms of my part as a believer, and if you study Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10 through 18, verse 10 says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the ambushes of the devil. And then it jumps in in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now right there, Father God told me another thing that I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to put on the armor. God's not going to put the armor on for me. And when you study that passage, part of our armor is the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. It talks about in Ephesians 6, 6.17, uh, 6, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It talks about in verse 18, that I'm to pray in, in the Spirit, and I'm to pray in the understanding. And so he tells us armor. And so we miss partnership with God. God can't do my part. And he's he's not going to do my part, and I can't do his part. And so we play a part in this. Keep reading here. Verse number 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And when you think about the word faith, that means to believe and that means to trust, right? So he says resist him steadfast in your believing, in your trusting. That word steadfast means to be rooted. To be immovable. To be determined. In what? In my faith. In my believing. In other words, when things start happening, it doesn't shake me. I know, Father God, you're going to come through. Now, keep reading. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know what that means? You're not that special. A lot of times, we think in the back of our minds as human beings, I'm the only one that's going through this. Nah, not according to this verse. We're all going through some things. Now get ready. This is where it gets good. But may the God of what? All grace. One translation say, May the God who imparts blessing and favor, who has called us to eternal glory, by Christ. So God wants the graces, and, and it starts happening when I start living by Christ. Now keep reading. By Christ Jesus, and after you've suffered a while, he'll perfect you, he'll establish you, he'll strengthen you, and he'll settle you. Now listen what the Amplified says there. He'll complete you, and he'll make you what you ought to be. He'll establish you, He'll ground you, He'll strengthen you, and He'll settle you. Who will do this? This is what Father God wants to do on the inside of us. And He'll begin to work on us and do these things when we allow Him. And with Father God, His, his motto was kind of like the, the U.S. Army. God wants you to be all you can be. He wants to bless you. He wants to help us here. And so listen. God's not going to help you be somebody else. God created you. God picked you. He chose you. God likes you. But you know what happens a lot of time with us as humans? We don't like us. Well, I don't like me. I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I act. I don't like my attitude. I don't like my personality. And so what happens many times with us as human beings, you know what we do? We get over the wish. I wish, 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 wish. And when you start wishing, you just need to stop it. Well, pastor, I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish I had your life. I wish I had so-and-so's life. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. You wouldn't like my life either. And you wouldn't like Ernest's life either. You know why? Because verse 9, you know what it says? Knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So the same crud you're going through it's the same thing I'm going through and the bottom line is this you're never going to be anybody than you now or ever so you might as well learn to like yourself and just cool your jets and begin to say okay Father God I welcome you to come on the inside of me and I ask you to complete me come on and change me change my mouth Change my mind. Change my behavior, Lord. Change my attitude. Some of you are judy attitude And you need help. And the only one that can help you with that attitude is Jesus. And so when I look at this and just start surrendering, God will change my behavior. And, and, and when you look at this, I love the part where he said, And may the God of all grace. Of all grace. So God wants to bless us. He wants to help us, but I've got to hook up with him. And so a great prayer, guys, is this right here, where the last part of verse 10, you say, okay, Lord, perfect me. Establish me. Strengthen me. Settle me. And watch what God begins to do. Watch. And some of you say, oh, pastor, you don't know the mess I am. That's okay. That's okay. Look with me in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And as you're turning there, I just want you to know this tonight. You're not a mystery to God. You're not a surprise to God. You're not even one of the ten wonders of the world to God. In other words, when you came on the scene, God didn't scratch his head and look at Jesus and say, Oh my gosh. You're no mystery to God. You know, God loves us, and you know what? He's just wanting us to hook up. And, and I want you to see in this, these passages here. This is going to minister to some of your hearts right now. Because some of you at times in your life, you think, I'm too far gone. There's no help for me. Look in verse number 1. Now it came to pass, Luke 8 verse 1. It came to pass afterward that he, Jesus, went through every city and village preaching And bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. You know what? The word of God is glad tidings. It's good news. And so that's what he went about doing. And he said, and the twelve were with him. Now when we look at the twelve, you know what we do a lot of times? We think, oh, the twelve. They were the chosen. They were the elite. They were up here and everybody else is down here. Those twelve... Those were Jesus' boys. Man, they were the men. They were it. But look at verse 2, who else was hanging out with Jesus. And certain women... you got to be kidding me. That's got to be a mistake. Jesus would not have hung out with the women. I'm going to tell you that right now. Please. Please. Look what he said here. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits... Now, if you're healed of evil spirits, you know what that tells me? You got some evil in you. You got some problems. And so he said, These women were healed of evil spirits and infirmities or sicknesses, disease, and Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Now, here's a woman who's got seven demons. Now, think about this. If you've got seven demons in you, you're crazy. You are a messed up human being. You are a candidate to be locked up in the ha-ha hotel. I'm going to tell you that. If you got seven demons in you, your mouth is messed up, your mind is messed up, your attitude is messed up, your behaviors are messed up, and I would be willing to bet this lady named Mary right here, she didn't like herself. She was probably fed up with herself, but you know what I see right here? It didn't bother Jesus because it said these ladies were hanging out with Him. And so when I begin to look at this, you know what I believe? That when we continue to hang out with Jesus, we continue to run with Jesus day by day by day by day, you know what He'll do? He'll change you. He'll take a a mess and make a miracle. He'll be the one that will complete you. He'll root you, ground you, establish you. And this is a prime example of this. And so when I read this to tell you, I don't care how messed up you think your life is. You're still a candidate for the grace of God to come on the inside of you. And God will use you. He'll purify you. And you say, how do you know? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to Mark 16. Oh, my goodness. Get ready. Get ready. This is good. I got so excited when I began to read this stuff today. Mark 16. You know, if any of you ever listen to Joyce Meyer, I-, I love Joyce Meyer because she's so down to earth, but I-, I was listening to her a couple of days ago, and-, and she made this comment that she said, my mouth was so bad. She said, my mouth was a machine gun. She said, my mouth said, my mouth spoke before it thought. How I many of you have ever been there? And you thought, oh, I'm going to tell you, God will help that. When you look at the fruit in her life, and you know what she began to do? She said, okay, Lord, come on the inside. This is an extreme makeover. Go ahead. And God changed her. A woman, and i am tell you, she was messed up. She was messed up. Mark 16, verse 9. Now, when Jesus arose early on the first day of the week, now, i got to stop right there. you got to get this because this is big. Jesus has gone to the cross and he's died. He goes to hell for three days and three nights. He raised, he's raised from the dead. And he's appearing now for the first time. So that's what's happening here. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. you got to be kidding me. The first was one of the worst that He sees when He raised from the dead is Mary Magdalene. And you know what this shows me? This woman, this one seven-time possessed woman who was full of the, uh, the crazies, she's still hanging out with Jesus. And all of a sudden, she's in her right mind. And you think about this. Who would Jesus have picked first? this woman who was a basket case and look what scripture reminds us of here at the last part and he said the first was Mary Magdalene of how to whom he had cast seven demons and so she's still running with Jesus and scriptures remind us right here of who she used to be and because this woman hooked up to Jesus Jesus set her free. And this is something that every one of us must understand. i got to learn to separate my who from my do. What's that? What's that, Pastor? My who is who I am in Christ Jesus. Who I let Jesus... My who is when I let Jesus start working in the inside of me. My do is all the things I have or haven't done. But I must learn to separate who I am in Christ Jesus. Now look what happens in verse 10. So she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. You know who those she went and told? The 12 elite. The ones that everybody had put on this platform. And see, that's what a lot of times we do as human beings. We put these guys, women, men on platforms. Oh, they're so awesome. But I love this story because here, this, this woman, the crazy woman, she comes strolling in. Now she's so full of God. She says, hey boys, guess what I saw today? Jesus, Jesus, and look what look what their response was right here in verse 11. And she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. They're, Mary, you've been smoking dope again, girl. You're full of those devils again. But yet here Jesus fills this woman up so much and he begins to use her and so When I start living by the grace of God and the things of God, God will move in your life. Listen, how do you remove the most stubborn stains that have been left because of sin in your life? You know how you do it? By grace and more grace. And remember what we read there in in 1 Peter 5.10? The grace of our Lord. The Lord of all grace. Of all grace. And see, not only does Jesus want to set us free, he can do it. He can do it. And so some of you tonight that think you're a royal mess, you know what you gotta do? You just gotta say, All right, come in and perfect me. Come in and change me. Come in and re- remake me. Re-rechange my heart. Make it into your own likeness. Amen. Do you know what it takes me? Just surrender and say, All right, grace me. Grace me in this area. Let me share this in ending. I I was around a couple of my cousins last week, and I was playing golf with them back in Oklahoma. Never been to heaven, but I've been to Oklahoma. This is a side note for you, sorry. Some of you don't think that's funny. You're raised here in Texas. but This one cousin of mine, he said to me, he said, how old are you now? And I said, I'm a half a hundred. And he looked at me and said, you're kidding. I said, no. And I said, you know what's even more astounding than that? I said, I've been married 30 years. And you know what he did? He looked at me and he goes. You know why he did that? Because he knew my past. He knew me growing up. And so right there on the golf course, I'm sitting back there talking to him. And I said, you know what? I said, when I got married, I was like one of those horses in the the, uh, Kentucky Derby that was a long shot. I said, when I married Shelly, you know what people are saying? He ain't going to make it a year. Now, they never said that about her. They said, he won't make he won't make it. I'll bet you two dollars. He won't make it two years. I promise. He won't make it. He's a long shot. And right there on the golf course, the Spirit of God just begins to talk to me. And I'm telling you, things are rolling in me. And I'm thinking, dear God, I need a pen and paper. He's giving me Simon stuff right here on the golf course. And I, you know what? I'm going to do a series on the long shot. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, when those horses, every one of them, and I start telling my cousin this, I said, when those horses all get in the the gate to run, some of them are 1 to 100, some of them are 2 to 1, some of them are 18 to 3, whatever the odds are. But you know what the bottom line is? Every one of them is a horse. And every one of them have the opportunity to run the race. And the Lord said, "I don't care what the world says about how much of a long shot you are. Just get in the race." And I'm saying all this, and I'm thinking, "Dear God, I'm preaching." And so I got so excited, and so I begin to think about that. How many of us in the room that maybe your family member says that boy's a long shot? Yeah. Oh, I, I love, it. and I think God loves when people come in and say they're a long shot. And if you don't believe he loves long shots, what about Mary Magdalene? She would have been a thousand to one. They'd say, no, never, never. And the first person he appears to is this seven-time crazy woman who's now full of God. That's so why I love that. I, I, I love the Bible because God is a God who takes the odd, the long shots, the down and outers, and says, just hook up to me. And that's what I love about this church because you know what I know? A lot of you is passed and you're just as much long shots as I was. And it blesses me now where I can stroll in and I can be around people that one time we put them on a pedestal and we thought, oh, they're so great. Not in God's eyes. We're just all people. The only difference the ones who get in the race and say, All right, Father God. Alright, Father God, I'm gonna keep running. I'm gonna keep living for God. Stand on your feet with me. Or I'm gonna be a long shot pastor. They're gonna fire me. You know, we're gonna end this way.